you know, I'm so out of shape, if you will, with regard to recording this show because we do it so infrequently, which pains me, but I know it's for the best. It was kind of funny to me that there was a listener who was like, the analog ended. And I was like, <laughs> we, we have recorded once a month, every month for the last six months. But no disrespect. Like, I understand that sometimes, like, well, nobody's paying as much attention to what's going on in this show as clearly only me because Casey was starting this off by saying that he didn't understand what was happening anymore. Um, <laughs> but it, it, these kinds of things are always funny because it's like, well, we've been on a, this pattern for the last six months. But yes, I get it. If you're not paying attention, it can seem like, wait, where did they go? Yep. Well, and it's funny because what I was starting to say was that I started up, uh, what is my IRC client now, Textual or whatever it is? I started that up as I've done every analog recording for years. And then I realized that nobody was in, like, usually when I started up, I'll see a little bit of activity in the Relay chat, in the Relay FM channel. And it was a ghost town. And I'm like, what? Why? Oh, right, right. I need to get on Discord. My bad. Yeah, most, 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 not all, but most live listeners are in the Discord now, which we'll talk, we're going to talk about some stuff later on, because we, this basically is an episode pretty much completely full of follow-up, because we have follow-up <laughs> on last time, and then we have follow-up from the episode previous yeah. that we never got to, because we threw out the entire document and produced an episode <laughs> that I was very proud of, by the way, our last episode, to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. And just to underscore that whilst we're not necessarily going to rehash a lot of that stuff, all of the same things are happening. Black lives still matter. People need to continue looking at the way that they think about themselves and interact with people around them. Right, like the the general discourse is moving in different directions again now because there's just lots of other things happening in the world, but it doesn't change the fact that this stuff needs to continue to change. So went to say out from and for americans wearing a mask is not political but wearing a mask means you're not a jerk so yeah keep wearing masks. yeah well this isn't just an american thing i think you guys have it a little harder with the mask stuff but there is still a bit of that here too where like <sighs> there is a i guess mostly right-leaning idea of oh people uh shouldn't wear masks because i don't know whatever reasons i don't think that we have like the infringing on civil liberties type idea as much as heavily um mm -hmm. because whilst we have a constitution nobody knows what it says right <laughs> which is i recommend as like a great course of action for a country our constitution is also like not real in the same way i think i think it's like it, the constitution of the united kingdom is made up of separate documents that when combined almost like i don't know like a, a voltron type situation <laughs> creates a constitution i think that is the case it's a system of rules it's not contained in a single code but principles have emerged over centuries from different yeah so that's that's kind of our, our thing I'm trying to remember this from like eight, 18 year old Mike taking politics, right? right. Um, but our constitution is not like you have the right to bear arms and all that stuff. So like, we have a different situation. But anyway, there is a little bit of that here. However, I think one of the benefits that we have for us is uh, we have a, a traditionally right leaning government who, whilst can be criticized for many things, do actually give the impression to the world that they have some belief in science. That's interesting. What's that like? Yeah, yeah. And so um, 
that's helpful, I think. I mean, and again, like, so, you know, uh, so some of the stuff that's going on here right now in relation to COVID is uh, things are starting to reopen. So this coming mm-hmm. weekend, the weekend this is released, uh, the leisure industry, like the hospitality industry is starting to reopen. Restaurants, bars, that kind of stuff. We've already had non-essential retail open up. So, you know, we are we are opening up also our... Um, Social distancing is being reduced, I think, to one meter rather than two meters. I don't know what I think about that yet. But again, like there are people that tell me the science is good. There are people that say the science isn't good. I'm going to try and stay as far away from people as possible where I can. However, and one thing that like, okay, this is terrible for the people that do live in a place called Leicester in the United Kingdom. They have seen a community spike in cases, oh. and they have been locally locked back down again. Well, at least they're taking that step. Like, not to say I want them to... That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel bad for the people that live in Leicester, but I feel pleased about the fact that even before the restaurants reopened, that the, the governments and local governments are working quick, quickly enough to put in place measures, right? Because they said they would do this, that if there were community issues they would lock them down and it was kind of like one of those things yeah but how responsive are you going to be and it seems like from what i've read that they've been pretty responsive in the fact that they've done it right like like a couple of days after they announced they would do this if the situation called for it they did it so you know i feel bad for the people that live there but also good for the people that live there in the case of the fact that yeah you're locked down again but that means that there are people looking out for you and you're not <laughs> running amok and we have our problems right we have beaches that have too many people on them we have parks that have too many people in them we have people that are ignoring it all but i do feel like that there is at least some level of adults in charge <laughs> which I can't say is the case for everywhere in the world. Certainly not here. Yeah, Virginia. So we're, we're it's largely state by state in America, as you would expect. And Virginia is plowing forward in uh, just a couple of days on July 1, which is tomorrow, actually, as because we're recording this on the last day of June. And July 1, we are in phase three, which basically means you should still be socially distant. But if you can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish, business, person, etc., If you want to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish and can accomplish it while being distant, physically distant from people, have at it, man. Swimming pools? Why not? Beaches? Heck yeah. Well, I mean, the beaches were already open. So, I mean, I think there's some similarities between what you're about to do and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But I think we've got a couple of things going on. Our rates have gone, you know, rates of infection have, have gone down based on the numbers. Um, I don't know what it's like in Virginia, but I mean, there are differences. I think, I think swimming pools are okay. And but anyway, it's like, I, yes, similar, but we'll see. I guess I don't know. I don't know, man. So how is how is life in general? Let's start there. I mean, what what have you been up to? I mean, well, let's let's leave aside the the activities of last week because we're going to talk about that in a couple different ways coming up. But just in general, how you how you holding up? I mean, I didn't think about COVID for a bit. That's very um, good. But now I'm thinking about it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's probably good to think about it because I don't want to, I don't want to ignore it, Um, you know, because I want to be able to make sure I'm paying attention to it. Uh, I've been 
venturing outside of the home a little bit in the sense of like taking walks around the neighborhood, which was a thing I did not do for a very long time. Oh, wow. That's intense. Yeah. Uh, multiple, multiple weeks. I didn't leave the home. Oh, I'm okay with that though. Right. Like I have been a homebody for the last five years. So obviously going out less, but it wasn't such a harsh change for me. Like I wasn't leaving every day and then was locked completely away, right? Mm. So there was a change, but it wasn't too much. Uh, we have been to the studio once, and then we're going again this week, trying to like slowly get that back in our lives again. Like mm -hmm. We're getting back into, let's start getting this thing set up. So that's nice. I had to see my mum last weekend which wasn't oh, a couple of weekends ago, which wasn't expected. To, I wouldn't have done it, but uh, she had a leak over her front door, which swelled the front door, which meant she couldn't open the front door. Oh, even better. So I had to go and take care of that for her and like do some DIY. Um, so that was unexpected. But then I'm, I'm seeing my brother this weekend. We're having a barbecue. Oh, nice. Uh, which that will be the first social activity that I have had with other human beings in person since the beginning of March, probably. Yeah, that's that's serious stuff. And it'll probably feel real good to see another human. Like, not to take anything yeah. away from Adina. But... We've already all established between the four of us that we're not at hugging yet. Yes, I, I concur with that assessment. Where elbow bumpers only. <laughs> I concur with that assessment, 100%. Yeah, so for us, uh, last week as we record this, we um, moved our quarantine to the beach. Um, we went to literally the same house we did last year. There's, We've talked about this uh, on one analog episode at some point, but basically Virginia is a state that's split into two, two parts. One itty-bitty part that is not connected by land to the rest of Virginia, and then there's the Virginia that everyone thinks of. That itty-bitty part is called the Eastern Shore, and it's the Chesapeake Bay that it's that it's part of. So from the perspective of the beach, it looks like the Atlantic Ocean, although in reality, it's just a, a very large bay. And we basically just moved the quarantine there, and we figured, you know, no matter what, you know, it's, it's moving one family from a one-family home to a different one-family home, and, you know, we disinfected everything after the cleaning people disinfected everything. And, um, and we thought, well, if nothing else, we'll be staring at four different walls and that's exciting. <laughs> and so, uh, we did get to go on the beach because it's a very, very mellow, mostly uh, not tiny in the physical sense, but tiny in the population sense beach. You know, there's not a lot of people there. Uh, we were able to keep socially distant from everyone, um, with a couple of small exceptions of when strangers would like come up to talk to us. And we're like, okay, hey, can you back up a little bit, please? Back it up, back it up, back it up. Um, but for the most part, you know, we kept distant. We didn't eat in at any of the restaurants we love eating in uh, at. Mm. Uh, we instead got takeout, you know, where, where, well, not even where possible. That's the only thing we did was get takeout. Uh, actually, that's not true. At one restaurant, we went to a brewery we, we, we had never been to before. And I did go in the building to pick up the food, or to order and then pick up the food. But... Other than that, we sat at a picnic bench outside, literally the second furthest picnic bench from the building. So <laughs> we were a solid like 40 feet from anyone around us. And that's the closest I've been to patronizing a restaurant on the inside anyway in months. Yeah, we've been ordering lots of uh, 
meal delivery kits from yeah. restaurants, oh, which yeah, has yeah. been mm-hmm. a fun experience. So like a lot of our favorite restaurants have like packaged up their ingredients and they'll ship them to you and you can cook the food at home. So that's been nice. And one of our local coffee shops just reopened for takeout. And we've done that uh, once or twice. I'm very jealous of you being able to spend time in a place that isn't your own home. Mm -hmm. We don't really have the ability to do that. And I'm very jealous of that. Yeah, I mean, I think the equivalent would be like an Airbnb for you, right? Something where it's a standalone thing. But even then, it would probably be like an apartment or something, wouldn't it? Or flat, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. But I mean, then we could do those things, but like the getting to anywhere worth going to. Ah, ah, feels yes, yes, not yes. as simple, and and really, just like I don't really know how how much I want to. Anyway, I'm just I would like to go to a beach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you did, and be in the exact situation that you're in, where you can be away from people and spend some time in another home for a few days. I don't know how I would feel about uh, the cleanliness of an environment that I'm walking into. Like, I, I don't know how you dealt with that, but that would make me a little nervous still. It did. It did. And I mean, we did the best we could, but it is certainly yeah. possible that something that there's something inside of me that I'm not aware of uh, that taken out of context. That's not good. Yeah. I mean, isn't it a funny kind of situation? Like the way that we have to accept that where it's like I was talking to my mom couple of uh, last night and she was like when are you going to come over next now and i was like well we're seeing my brother this weekend so i want to wait until at least next weekend Mm -hmm. to make sure i'm okay which is like such a strange thing to even think about right where it's like oh i need to give it a week to make sure i don't have the virus that could kill me yep um and you know, and when you start thinking about that, you're like, why on earth am I even going anywhere? But then I start to yep. think about the fact of like, I have to have some semblance of a life and I'm just going to do my best to take the precautions to keep me and the people around me safe. Completely. And agree. I feel like I understand, look, I understand why countries and cities and towns and businesses are opening too soon i get i get it right like people need or want their lives back people want their livelihoods right like i know why we find ourselves in these situations but there has to be that you know there has to be a level of care around it all where, like, if you say, if everybody just wore masks when they were interacting with other people, it would significantly make this situation so much better. But there are people with the understanding of the science as we know it. Right? We would need to remember that two and a half months ago, the science said we shouldn't wear them. So, like, science changes, but as long as we're all willing to adapt to what's going on, right? Like, wear a mask it doesn't harm you it doesn't harm you uh (laughs) and maybe this means that you can get back to your life a little faster than you were expecting like i don't really understand the the issue here or the affront here you know it's kind of like this funny thing of like in most instances it's not the law to wear them in a lot of places Right, like depending on where you are, so like here, the law is if you are on public transport, you must wear them. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, 
it isn't a legal requirement. And then people take a front to just being told they should wear masks, right? Which is another thing you're having there. But it might end up, because of the fact that you feel like your liberties are being taken away from you, that it has to become law. Right. <laughs> right? Where it's like, if you just did it voluntarily, this wouldn't be a problem, right? And like, no one needs to make it the law. Everybody agrees that like, yeah, we should do it. But then when people won't do it and the, the infections keep going up, then it becomes a law. Mm-hmm. And then your liberties are being infringed upon if that's the way you want to look at it. And it's like, if you would have just done it in the first place, you could have kept your liberty. Yep. <laughs> and it been your own choice. It's a very... I can try to sympathize with people that feel like they're being told to do something. In some instances, like I can understand the point of view, but this one seems really weird to me. Right, where it's like you have to do this because it could help you save your life and the life of your loved ones, but what you care about most is your liberties being affronted. It's very strange. It's very strange. It's very strange how these days everything gets politicized. Everything's political now. And I don't even mean just in the sense of like politics political. Right? Like everything is political now. And it's it's a very strange time to be in. You know, like I feel more political now than I ever have been. Where I feel like I need to take stances on things which I didn't feel the need to take stances on before. Even having this conversation, you know? So we live in a very strange time for stuff like this. It is extremely strange. And yeah, it, I don't. I don't want to belabor it any more than I than than I and we already have. But I don't understand why one would choose not to wear a mask when you know you're going to be around other people. Like we got accosted is too negative a word, but you know, people approached us. Strangers approached us a couple of times when we were on the beach that we didn't expect, and I didn't have a mask on my person at that particular point. And like, I don't view that as a, I, I view that only slightly as a failing on my part because I was not planning to talk to any other human beings other than my own family. And then, you know, a stranger would come up to us and, and talk to us and I didn't expect it. But like, if I'm going into a building, any building for any reason, which really doesn't happen, but just for the sake of discussion, I'm wearing a mask. Uh, there's an ice cream place that's on Cape Charles uh, or in Cape Charles that's really, really lovely. And it has some of the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. And instead of doing like a walk-in thing, like a regular ice cream shop would, you know, they basically turned their door into one of those things with a little slot where you can like talk to them and order and you'll receive your ice cream right there. And, and they had signage that said, you know, please wear a mask when you order, but you bet your butt I'm going to wear a mask, even if the sign isn't there, because it's this respectful, kind thing to do. Like, why wouldn't you do that? It It doesn't hurt me to put it on for a few minutes while I'm ordering and waiting for my stuff, even though I am outside. Like, why not? And I don't know. It's just, it's bananas to me, but Anyway, it's I, th- th- I could go on a lot about the varying levels of what is considered reasonable and respectable here in the country, here in America, and here in Virginia, and then even here within our extended family, because uh, there are definitely various theories within both Aaron's and my families as to what is prudent and appropriate and what is not. And we've had some exceedingly tense conversations and even fights with some of the family because, you know, we're being extraordinarily cautious, or at least as compared to the rest of the family. And, um, 
And some of the rest of the family doesn't understand that and doesn't appreciate it and doesn't respect it. And it's very, very frustrating. And I could go on for an entire episode about this, but I'm going to try to move right along uh, and just say that, you know, on the plus side, um, my brother-in-law and his fiance, so this is Aaron's uh, younger brother and, and, and his fiance, have also been kind of crazy, um, I shouldn't say crazy, have been kind of um, strict about uh, quarantine and protocols and whatnot. And so uh, we have decided that the, that we are going to build, as people like to say, a quarantine in that, you know, they don't really see anyone other than the two of them. Is that what it's called? Well, that's what they've been, the Americans have been calling that. And I actually find it adorable. That, uh, huh. So the idea is, you know, if they have been extremely devout in being distant and we have been for our for our own metrics anyway extremely devout and being distant then it stands to reason that as long as we are all being distant from everyone but each other then we should be able to see each other and so next month right. or a month after next in august uh the six of us are our, our four and the two of them are going to go and and go to a different beach and get a beach house and that'll be the first time that we have been really physically near anyone uh especially indoors when are you doing that uh, in August, in like mid-August, nice. um, and we're and I'm really looking forward to it. And and the reason we're going with them is because literally from both sides of the family, there are definitely varying degrees of strictness about all this. Um, but they are the only ones that I think even vaguely approach our level of strictness, and vice versa. And so, you know, when we were talking about, you know, if if we wanted to try to invite other human beings in a figurative sense, invite them into our like circle of trust, if you will. So I've, I've heard this referred to as a bubble. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's another good word for it. I think quarantine is kind of adorable, but yeah, that's, it's probably a better description. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're going to enter our bubble and we're going to enter their bubble and, and I'm, I'm hopeful that that will be okay. I don't like it when you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Now I think I'd prefer if you went back to quarantine, I don't like enter the bubble. It's not, it's a circle of trust, I tell you. That doesn't make me feel good. Circle of trust is good because that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like so, you know, like what I'm saying about like visiting family, we're trying to keep away from each other and we're being super strict. But mm-hmm. if I follow what you're saying is like this this quarantine would mean we live like normal. Right? Would be the thinking. Well, so the idea is that the the six of us, so Aaron, the kids, me, and the two of them can live basically like normal amongst the six of us. Yeah, that's what I mean. So like the six of you, when you're together, right, right, right. you have no problem sharing a glass. You have no well, problem. Mm, like, like, I don't know if I you know, go like, that far. But... but you get my point. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. if something like that happened, you wouldn't be like, ah, right? You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. like, I can't believe I did this. Did you drink from my glass? Right? It's like well, a... I mean, and even, even being in the same building as these people like uh, that hasn't happened for us like we they have Mm. not entered our home we have not entered theirs we've seen them outside from a distance a few times but we haven't been in each other's homes not even to like pee or something you know so um so yeah the idea is just that we would we would basically ignore social distancing but still try to do our darndest to be as safe and healthy as possible you know so we will be physically near each other but otherwise you know wouldn't we wouldn't be deliberately sharing a glass you know now theoretically mm. if it happened as you were saying like whatever it should be fine hypothetically um and it just requires a lot of trust on both sides it does and you know this is a little inappropriate if you have young years around but i can't help but think about like the stories i was told during sex education when i was a kid 
and like, oh, if you right. have uh, you know unprotected sex with somebody else, then you're also having unprotected sex with everyone they've had unprotected sex with. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it is very, it's dangerous. I'm completely sure we needed that explanation. You're welcome. You, there's many ways you could have chosen to give that information, <laughs> but I guess this was the one that you chose. So we got that going for us. Yeah. And I mean, like a friend of the show, James, in the chat says, you know, he, ha he hasn't physically touched anybody outside this house in over 100 days and nobody's been inside here either. And, and I, I'm pretty sure that's applicable for us as well. It, it's weird. And it's not bad necessarily. It's just weird. Uh, but anyway, so we'll see what happens. Um, but that is the plan, God willing. And uh, and hopefully that we won't regret that deeply. But uh, it's just it's frustrating. I brought it all up mostly to say it's frustrating that of both sides of the family and of, of the parts of the family that are physically close to us anyway, like geographically close to us, they are the only two that I think are taking this even remotely seriously. And that's very frustrating to see because, you know, I, I, I feel like, and for example, I've hinted to my parents like, Hey, you guys stop trying to see friends, you know, and they, they, they're of the opinion they're doing it from a socially distance and safe way. But I, disagree with them and I don't need to go into the particulars, but you know, if you stop seeing friends for a couple of weeks, like maybe we could actually for real see you guys rather than be like across a driveway from you. And I dropped that mm -hmm. hint a couple of times and they're just not picking up what I'm putting down. And, uh, and so it's tough, but uh, I'm, I'm very thankful and happy that we have our quarantine, even though we haven't actually made the quarantine yet. You know, we're still being distant. I'm happy that I feel safe being around them, even outside. You know what I mean? It, I, if, if we step within two meters of each other, I'm not like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> so uh, even that is, is an improvement over literally everyone else in my life. What's awesome these days, Mike? Uh, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Smile, and I want to talk to you about their wonderful product, Text Expander. Text Expander lets you use abbreviations to expand simple things like phone numbers or addresses. You can store your Text Expander snippets on all your devices, so you can use them when you're in uh, the office, you can use them when you're at home, you can use them when you're on your iPad, when you're on your Mac, where even if you're uh, on a PC using Chrome. Uh, it's everywhere. It's uh, it, PCs, Chrome. You can get it whatever you want. This is wonderful. Text Expander is available for macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, I remember when Text Expander was just on my Mac only, and they've really kind of stretched this out over the last few years and not only integrated and, and created the syncing service, but also created a Teams system, which we use here at Relay FM to make sure that we have all of our best uh, words shared amongst everybody. And it allows us to keep consistency when we're talking with clients that we work with and even for customer support stuff, which we've been doing more and more of recently, having Text Expander and having that stuff shared amongst everyone is very, very useful. Text Expander updates your snippets across all of your devices so you can make sure that you have access to them where you need them. That's what I love about it. And you can make your snippets more powerful with fill-ins, pop-ups, and more so your messages can be customized instead of just being boilerplate paragraphs of text. And when you use the company stuff like we do, you can manage and share snippets across entire teams and across entire departments. It's really, really clever stuff. Text Expander have webinars available, so if you want to learn more, you can take a part in their beginner advanced or team webinars so you can learn more about boosting your productivity with text expander if you go to textexpander.com slash webinar you can find out more information there 
So if you want to get Text Expander, and you should, just go to textexpander.com slash podcast and you can learn more and get 20% off your first year because you listen to this show. That's textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more right now and to get 20% off your first year of a Text Expander subscription. Check it out right now and see how your productivity could improve at textexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show and Relay FM. So last week was a big week. A very big week for a bunch of reasons. Mm. Uh, last week was big for me because I was not at home. <laughs> it was big for all of us because it was WWDC week. Yeah. How'd it go? WWDC at home. Mm-hmm. The first one. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot for the next time that it happens. Uh, I do believe that 2021 will still be WWDC at home if I was putting my money on the table right now. Um, but I do think that by 2022, we'll be back together. That If I was going to make a bet right now, that's what I reckon. Hmm. I expect that Apple will want to do WWDC back in person again uh, with changes. I hope that they would make changes. I think the way that Apple put out session videos this time really should be the way that they do it. I don't know if the sessions really need to be presented on stage by a person. Um, if they Apple really wanted to make the presentations available to attendees, they could just create some nice video environments for people to watch them in in person if they really wanted to. Um, but I felt like it was a much more uh, available event for more people, mm-hmm. which was nicer. And I hope that Apple find a way to strike a balance in future years. But I, I do think that they will want to have that community spirit that events like that can foster so that's kind of where i reckon it's going to end up going in the future but i would say that like i didn't plan correctly uh i oversubscribed myself for the week but it was all in all a good a good wwc week for me you know it kind of felt like maybe my second wwc i don't remember what year it was now but I oversubscribed myself that week to recording too many shows, taking too many mm, meetings. And I remember this. It was a horrible year, and I felt like my feet didn't touch the ground. So I definitely was like that last week. Um, it's actually bled over into this week. Like my kind of WWDC will actually end on Wednesday <laughs> uh, because like I've had things that I've been preparing and getting ready and putting out and it's like just stretched from like Sunday before WWDC to the Wednesday after that's kind Oof. of been my mm-hmm. period of time underscore was saying to me which was a really apt description of like you know I would usually be jet lagged at this time mm-hmm. so I'm like super tired and like feel a little strung out or whatever and that's how I feel now. Uh, I'm actually, I've just realized I wasn't aware I'm doing this. I have my, like, my head in my hands right now as I'm talking to you. And I've just realized, like, my my hands were just, like, on the top of my forehead, just, like, holding my head as I'm talking to you. So that's where I am emotionally Wonderful. right now. Um, yeah, I you know, it's just one of those things where I had too many shows that I did. I then had a couple of interviews that I needed to do, which equated to a total of nine podcast recordings last week. Oh. And then uh, I was watching sh- session videos, installing betas, like doing way more work because I was at home. Um, so 
Yeah, I've been going into detail about this in a few places now, so I don't want to just keep repeating myself. But in the answer of like WWDC 2020 was a very um, successful one for me and had a lot of firsts, but it was also really tiring uh, because of that stuff and also because I didn't plan properly. I also didn't plan properly because when we booked our beach vacation in January... Yeah, Aaron yeah, and I yeah. were looking at what week to do, and you know, we thought, well, the first couple of weeks will be when WWDC is, and then we can go at the end of June. It'll be fine, right? 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 So, whoops. Um, that made actually for a little bit of a interesting beach vacation because, like, the first day, the first full day we were there was Father's Day, which was lovely, but it meant for like a slightly unusual day. And then the following day was Monday, which was you know keynote and State of the Union and recording day. So, I was physically present for a lot of that day, but not really spiritually, emotionally present for most of Monday. Uh, and then subsequent to that, I basically have only watched a couple of videos to this day and we're recording the Tuesday after. But I've watched more sessions than you. Yeah. Oh, so you, I bet you have. Um, mm. cause we're recording a week and a day after the keynote and, uh, I'm still like trying to ease back into reality and been taking care of administrivia over the last, um, couple of mornings when I've been working and so I haven't had a lot of time for videos or anything. My limited experience with videos is that they are very good. They're well-produced. Uh, there's a lot more personality in them, which I really, really appreciated. I'm not the first to say this, but it seemed like the presenters were given the opportunity to be themselves a lot more than they typically are. But yeah, it, it really, I don't know if bummed me out is the right way of phrasing it. That seems a little, a little dramatic on my part, but for lack of a better phrase, it bummed me out that um, I wasn't able to see my friends uh, it bummed me out that I wasn't able to get swept up in the reality distortion field because be it good or bad in the grand scheme of things, being swept up in it is super duper fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that like there was a level of sweeping up in it, but you missed it because you were on vacation, which yeah. is not a criticism of you yeah, taking yeah, vacation, yeah. but like everyone was online. It was very online, right? <laughs> like maximum online wwdc so like you could just as i was right just spend my entire day on twitter in like spaces like discord and slack watching videos reading articles watching youtube videos listening to podcasts like it felt like a wwdc to me in that regard right mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that i couldn't turn my head before i was getting more wwdc related content right, <laughs> right. but you were excluded from it because you were on vacation so you didn't get that experience to it i think which is my own fault eh, i mean whatever right like you were on vacation with your family it's like whatever like you, this is what you ended up doing yeah and i don't i don't begrudge my own choice it's just in a perfect world i wish i would have known that there was going to be a pandemic and that the, the conference was going to be rescheduled but be that as it may uh but no i i, I mostly approved of dub dub i i in terms of the conference, I guess my summary is in terms of the conference itself, I would actually say it was probably a vast improvement, like just the conference, just the Apple produced portions of it, I think were a vast improvement. Um, everything around it, though, I deeply, deeply missed. You know, I missed doing an ATP live show and in front of an audience. I missed going to Connected. I missed going to the talk show. All of and just seeing people, just seeing people missing. You know, I miss seeing strangers that have listened to my shows. I missed befriending strangers who have no idea who I am and talking in line. I missed 
um, you know, just walking around with you or with Steven or Marco or John and, and, or underscore and just seeing people and getting caught up in seeing strangers and friends and whatnot. And all of that, I deeply, deeply missed. I missed mm. whining and moaning about how social policy isn't there anymore. <laughs> and then whining and moaning about how slow social policy was when it was there. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it that bummed me out, but uh, all in all, the conference itself was very good from what little I can tell from here. And certainly this was a banner year for Mr. I, Michael Hurley. And I mean that with zero sarcasm. You've gotten some serious access this year. Uh, I don't, uh, me, you've gotten some pretty good access. I don't like the phrase okay, that fine. you used, okay. but sure. Okay. Um, I, I referenced this on an episode of Upgrade, but I, both me and you got an email that for all intents and purposes would have been an a keynote invite, right? Like we both got that. We think so. That's the theory. That's the theory anyway. And actually I should add as an aside. So I received this email. I don't remember what day it was. It doesn't matter. But I received this email when I was still at home before the beach. And it says, oh yeah, the keynote will be Monday and so-and-so. And I looked at it and was like, okay, great. And I think I either archived it or deleted it and didn't think twice about it. And then I, I'm almost sure it was you, Mike, that that said to me a few hours later, perhaps the next day, Wait, did you get the same email I got, Casey? And I was like, yeah, why? What's, what's the big deal? Did you look at it closely? I mean, it's, it was a keynote invite. Who cares? No, did you really look at it closely? <laughs> and it was that then that I realized, thanks to you, that it was actually a, a, an official PR email. And so my headcanon says that, yes, we would have been invited to the keynote, even if reality is not, the, that that's not the case. Yeah, so it was at least like, the reason it was easy to ignore was because it was just like, WWDC is online. We invite you to join us, right? Like it doesn't really appear to be a thing, but the from email address tells you that it's a different thing. And also it had an RSVP link, which was actually just a calendar link or like RSVP here. And it's mm -hmm. like a calendar link or whatever. These are the ones that you see people share on Twitter when sure. the Apple events always go out. Um, but there were just some slight different because I got uh, I got that one. I also got the generic one for being a developer, right? Mm -hmm. I have a developer account, mm -hmm. um, and I got that one too. And they looked very similar, so I, you know, it's not surprising to me that you missed it because I noticed it and I alerted multiple friends to the fact that this email existed, and multiple people had the exact same response that you did, which was like, "Oh no, oh right," realizing <laughs> what it was. But aside from that, um, I got to be able to take part uh, personally in uh, two interviews this week with, with members of Apple's marketing and or engineering teams. So one on Upgrade and one on Connected. Um, so that was, that was definitely what added to my workload um, mm -hmm. because, because of the nature of what we're talking about, I can't begin my preparation until Monday at the earliest for these because I don't know what's being announced, right? So, like, you know, you're told we're going to work on some stuff together, but I can't talk up to you about it until after the keynote. And so, fine, right? Obviously, I knew that was going to be the case. Sure. But they were recorded last week. Um, so, I only had a couple of days to prepare for them Oof. and the amount of preparation that I did was astronomical mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because it's the first time I have been involved in this stuff. So like um, Upgrade has had the opportunity to have a number of product people on the show in the past, but Jason has been 
doing them. They've been done in person or whatever, and I haven't been around. Um, but this time I was able to be involved in both of these. So I was, it was a, a, a thing that I took incredibly seriously uh, and worked very hard to do a good job with. And I am very satisfied with the output of both. Uh, I I have no uh, complaints. I have no, oh, I wish I would have done this differently. Um, I feel very satisfied with them, which isn't always the way when with any creative endeavor. But I feel very happy with the way that, that those things went down. Yeah, the um, upgrade interview I'm in the middle of right now, because amongst other things that I got behind on while on vacation, I got deeply behind on my podcast queue, which was already not in a good place to begin with. I've been like, really, like recently, maybe the last month, I have been blowing through my podcast. I don't know what I'm doing, but like I've I've found some kind of like second wind on podcast <laughs> listening. I don't know what's happening. I need that in my life. But anyways, uh, but the upgrade one so far is very, very good. And I thought you did a great job. Um, and you and Jason both, and I'm looking forward to the connected one. But no, I, I think it's worth acknowledging. Um, and I'll say these things so you don't have to feel awkward and say them. I think it's worth acknowledging that Relay as an organization seems to be, from my perspective, not as an outsider, but as outside these shows, Relay seems to be getting a lot more I guess the uh, happy way of saying it is access. The more snarky way of saying it is um, success uh, or, or um, res- respect, I think is a better word. But one way or another, the Relay as an organization seems to be getting a lot more attention from Apple, which I think is excellent. Oh, and you've been featured in the um, Apple podcast directory. What is it, Tech Talk or Tech News or something like that, that Relay's been all over? There's a there's a section... Uh, that they've put together of tech shows that we're in, and in the UK we got like a like a banner, which yeah. was nice in the store. So that was a nice thing to see. Exactly, and so it seems like Relay is really firing on all cylinders right now, and and, and I think it's well deserved. Yeah, I'll say it. This did start last year, so like we got we got quite we had like I think more. I think there were three Relay FM shows last year that had interviews of Apple personalities. Um, it was Upgrade, Mac Power Users, and Parallel. But I wasn't a part of any of those. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm super pleased that I was this time. Yeah. And, and and I think that that's a testament to not only Relay, which you get to take some credit for, but you, which you'd get to take all credit for. And I think that that's really, that's really excellent that, that you guys and you personally are getting the, the respect and attention that I think you very much deserve. And uh, I would be more excited about it, except I'm super jealous. <laughs> so we're not having we're not having any fancy interviews. Yeah, but uh, you know we've been through this before. Uh, you have been to an Apple event as both developer and as a member of the extended media universe, and I have never. So mm-hmm. I will take this victory um, because I'm a couple of points down. I don't know if that's true. We'll, we'll work it out another time. Um, but either way, uh, you should be extremely, extremely pleased and proud. You had Phil Schiller on your show. Yeah, but that was like a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. It was really... Yeah, but like, you know, you still had Phil Schiller on the show. I mean, that's true. It's very peaks and valleys with ATP, right? You know, we'll have something incredible like Schiller, and then we won't get any, any attention from Apple for years. That's right, though. I don't know what it is, because like... It's very weird. People could say, oh, it's because ATP are critical. 
my shows are not uncritical. Yeah, no, I agree. Right? Like, in the same episodes that we have these interviews, you will hear criticism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, and because that's important to me, because it's really easy, I imagine, to start to have your mind changed if you get attention, right? That like, you, you might want to be like, oh, I don't want to upset them because I want to keep that attention. Mm -hmm. But I love the attention. You know, it's like, look, I had dreams about my job for many years before I had it. So the dreams are still the same, right? Like getting attention from Apple, you know, you can you can laugh at me and call it like sycophantic, but it means an incredible amount to me because it's yeah. something that I've wanted for a, for a very long time. But at the same time, I don't want to jeopardize what I have for that coverage because all of my shows that relate to this stuff were doing just fine without it, right? And really a lot of it is just like professional recognition as opposed to like now your show is going to blow up, right? Mm -hmm. When you get this mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. Um, so I'm really trying my best, my very best to remain consistent with how we have done things, even if we're going to get, we're going to get that nod once a year or whatever. Right. And, and genuinely my, my feeling is they don't want me to be that way. Like the, the way of like, Oh, just say positive things mm -hmm. because otherwise why am I here? Right. Like yeah. I don't know what Apple's vetting process is for, for having, uh, these types of interviews or given this type of promotion. But I can only assume that there is some kind of vetting involved <laughs> because that's the type of company they are, right? So I can only assume that from their perspective, it's like you just do your thing. And so I am just doing my thing. So that's how I feel about it anyway. Yep, I, I completely agree with you. And yeah, I just, I, I wanted to call out the fact that you, you, Mike and you Relay FM have gotten some really good access, uh, this year and, and I'm, I'm proud of you and I'm excited for you. And as a quick aside that is not in the show notes, which is Mike's favorite mm -mm. thing when I drop things on him, um, all you and I have both across a couple of shows launched or perhaps will be launching, um, some membership stuff over the last few weeks. And yeah. I think it's fair to to speak for you in saying that we are both extraordinarily overjoyed and pleased with the amount of input financially, but also just in general, the amount of input um, that that we have gotten from these membership programs. Mm -hmm. and, and I am I am I'm taken aback by how well it's gone, not only for for ATP, but for my friends as well. And that is an extreme kindness at any time. But it's an even bigger kindness in the middle of a pandemic when everyone's financial situation is probably shaky at best and mm -hmm. perhaps really terrible at worst. And and I just wanted to take a quick moment. And actually, there's another follow-up item, which maybe we'll talk about after we take a little break. But I wanted to just take a quick moment and um, and just acknowledge that. And, and if you wanted to quickly add anything before our break, I'm happy to hear it. But it means a tremendous amount to me. And I think, again, I can speak for Mike that... You, you, you folks are opening up your wallets. Many of you, uh, many, many more than I think either of us expected are opening up your wallets, um, to, to, to send a little bit our way, which is extremely, extremely kind. And, and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so unbelievably blown away by it. 
Um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, let me take a break and I'll I'll respond that to that. Uh, and then we can maybe just touch on a few things. Yeah. I will just say like spoilers and it just to maybe put people at ease this is not us talking today about the analog membership program <laughs> we're not we're not getting into that right now we will talk about my our thoughts on this for this show but we're not today launching the analog membership so don't don't worry you don't have to open your wallets <laughs> up again or even further than you already are sure uh, but you can listen to our sponsors and support us that way, like the wonderful people over at Squarespace. Well done. Well done. Make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. They can give you the ability to register a unique domain name, take advantage of award-winning templates, and more. And We're going to talk a little bit later on in the show about a website that I recently set up. I set it up on Squarespace because I had stuff I needed to put out there, and I didn't want to mess around. I wanted to have wonderful tools at my disposal and not have to worry about anything. That is what Squarespace gives you. They are the all-in-one platform that will let you build the website you want to build right now. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. You pick from one of their beautiful templates. You can customize it to your heart's content, publish the website, and you're done. It's an incredibly efficient, wonderful platform that has tons of functionality. You can start any type of website you want, even including the ability to sell physical or digital goods with their online store platform. It's absolutely fantastic. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support and all of the tools that you're going to need to help you get your next project started. You can sign up for a free trial right now by going to squarespace.com analog. You can build your entire website, which is fantastic, on the free trial. You don't need to give them any credit card to do it. And then when you're ready to launch it to the world, their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain by using the offer code ANALOG, and you'll also be supporting this show. So that's squarespace.com slash ANALOG, and the code ANALOG for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So to follow up on what you were saying, uh, it is a lot to ask of people, to, to ask people to give you their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think right now, like especially because there are a lot of options available, yeah, mm-hmm. um, there is a trend of paid podcasting, and there are different methods of it, and and there are great examples. I think across the entire like spectrum here, you've got shows like Dithering, which is a, one of my favorite podcasts of the year so far. Spoilers for the Upgradies, maybe, oh, uh, but that's on oh. my short list right now. I absolutely love it, uh, John Gruber and Ben Thompson show. Um, that is a straight up for pay. Don't give us money. Don't get the show right. Like that is kind of as extreme on this end, right? As you can go. Uh, I will say like it is still open, but not free. I really mm-hmm. liked. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put in the show notes uh, a link to a, an article that Ben Thompson wrote, arguing open versus free and the importance of that because. It is still open in the sense that you can add it to podcast applications, which is important. And that's what we all believe in around here, not locking content into specific applications like Spotify, but it is not free. And I think that that is perfectly fine to do for there to be content that you pay for, but it isn't about taking stuff away from you or locking things away. So like, I just think that there's an important distinction there, but, and then you have uh, something in the middle, which is like ATP's membership, which is we remove the ads. Everything else stays exactly the same. At least that's where you are right now. Yep. Yep. Um, And then you have stuff like what I'm doing with 
Upgrade Plus, Connected Pro, and Mortex is uh, removing ads and adding in some extra content, uh, which is typically stuff that would not be included in the show. That's kind of where we're going. So it's like, here is a topic which is extra. This wasn't going to go in the episode, but we're going to do some additional bonus content. It's content that is like, it's available completely for free if you tune into our live streams, by and large. Um, and there may be stuff in the future where, like we've been talking about this with some of my co-hosts, where we may have some like pre-produced segments that we put in, which is something a little bit special. But we're playing around a bit. But the idea is that the content that would have been in the live streams or where the shows are streamed live, we include that. Sometimes we'll come up with additional stuff, which we'll include. And like for Cortex, what we're doing is um, we always have topics, completely formed topics that just get thrown away because I always prepare way more than we need. <laughs> so we're just doing them. Uh, and so that's kind of like the route that I'm going down right now. Uh, and the thing is, that what we've got here and what we're doing here at Relay FM is like, it's really enhancing our membership to to create a platform for everyone. So any Relay FM show has the ability to create their own membership show now if they want to. We're not asking anyone to do it. Um, you know, like for, for my perspective, I really wanted to do this because it felt like it was an important thing that I wanted to participate in. So we worked behind the scenes to do that. Um, whilst at the same time, you could, will have seen this, me and Stephen are putting more time into an effort into the base level of membership so there are there's new content there we set up a discord for people right so like we add we added more to the base level of membership and then have also created these additional content things but i know that there are some other shows that i'm not involved in at all that are working on some ideas um and so we'll see if what if and what comes to light of that but it doesn't have to be now the point is that we have a platform um, it's kind of allowing for, I feel like kind of our own Patreon like system in mm -hmm. the sense of like, there is a platform content creators can take advantage of it and ask their audiences to give them money if they want to. And, you know, would it have been better if we would have been able to launch our membership from day one like this? Yes, of course. Um, you know, like the problems that we have had is around the fact of like there was an existing system and now there is a new system and there's been some confusion about how that works. That's fine because we're dealing with that and we're trying to answer as many questions as possible. But that system was a was a nice to have, right? The old membership and it was great and we spoke about it once a year and everyone made a little money and people got a little content, right? but it wasn't a significant focus in our business. Membership now is a significant focus in our business. And the people that are now just finding out about it for the first time, they're not confused <laughs> because this is the system they know. So right. we kind of had to draw a line in the sand in the way of being like, we had this old system. Now we're going to move people to the new system. And we simplified things in some areas. We gave more options in others. Uh, and I am very happy with where we've gotten to right now. Um, I mean, I'm incredibly happy with the the support for it. Of course, we've had people that are unhappy about it in certain ways, but like that was expected. Um, but I feel like we've done a... I, I personally feel like that everyone involved has done a really good job of setting it up and kind of setting expectations and and talking about it. And I'll say that like the the 
response that we've had has been overwhelmingly positive, especially from the people that have become members, right? They're like, this is what I wanted, you know? And that's why we did it, because a lot of people wanted this stuff. They wanted shows about ads in them, and they would pay for them. Or they wanted stuff that had additional content, and we've done that. So the thing is that I want to do now going forward is I have what I have and I want to experiment. So like me and Casey are not launching an analog membership in the near future, but we are talking about if we were going to, what would it be? And something that I want to try in the future. And I think we're both pretty set on this is like, what if a membership got you a different type of show to the one, but like with the same hosts. So we've been talking about what that might look like um, as, a, as a different thing, instead of just being like like it is with the other ones. Like, we remove the ads and add an extra segment. That is a way of doing it, but it also might be kind of fun to do something else and assume that people, like, which does build on what we're currently doing. So, like, I guess, should we let the cat out of the bag a little bit? Yeah, I think that's I guess fair. it might be useful because mm-hmm. we can kind of get guess, like gauge people's... Yeah. We're looking at, we haven't set exactly what yet, but we're looking at doing like a a, a watch-along show. Right. Is kind of, I think, where we are right now. Yeah, like in the spirit of what we did with uh, Firefly a yep. year or two back, but not Firefly, and probably something with quite a bit more episodes yep. um, than, than, than the 10 or 13 or whatever it was that Firefly had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the good way to mention it. Way back in the day on this show, I don't even remember how long ago it was now, every episode, we, we watched an episode of Firefly and spoke about it. And people seemed to really dig that. And we tried to do it with a different thing. It was Crash mm-hmm. Course in Computer yep, yep. Science, right? And I just couldn't. It wasn't <laughs> for me. So we stopped. And we always have been looking for bringing something else to the show that was like that but could never find something that fit as well for our audience and for the show as um firefly did so this started on episode 106 of analog in case you're wondering and in case you're like oh i didn't listen to that like i'm a new listener uh, so you can go back and listen and then we did one every week from episodes 106 to 121 says kate in the chat room is being very helpful so we've been thinking, and I have an idea of a show that I want to do, but I don't think Casey is as keen as I well, am. That's half true. I'm just concerned that we, we, or maybe I won't have enough to say about it, but I have seen the show that you're speaking of. I don't think it's appropriate to talk about it right now because we're still kind of bickering back and forth. Because but... we haven't decided on it, so it's, it wouldn't be fair to, to, for me to say it, and then you get bullied into doing <laughs> it. Well, honestly, I mean, if, if I got bullied into doing it, then, then I should give the people what they want. But one way or another... Well, no, 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 no. You've still got to be happy with the with the content. We'll, we'll argue about it another time. But suffice it to say, I, I do love the show. I've seen the entire show, as has Mike, has seen the entire run of the show that we're thinking of. I'm just a little worried that I won't have enough to say about it. So, I don't know, maybe we'll do like one or two and put it in the can. Well, yeah, I think the, our plan right now is at some point in the near future, we will record an episode or two of it and see how it feels. Yeah. So here's here's the other thing. Like I'm not interested personally in doing any other member shows right now because I've got too much on my plate (laughs) trying to manage the ones I'm currently doing. Like this has been a very big change to my workflows and I need that to settle down. And I feel like I'm getting control of it now after a few weeks. Um, But I need to to watch that calm down because plus we've got a lot of stuff coming up. So we're starting to record the annual specials now. 
So my July is full of bonuses. <laughs> so I'm doing those. And then they will be happening over July and August, right? And then we should hopefully be doing the podcast-a-thon in September again. So we've got a lot of stuff still happening. And so I we gotta I wanna I don't wanna overcommit to everything that's going on. So yeah, like in case you in case people f- didn't think this was happening anymore because of the new membership, we're still doing all the annual member specials that we've done in the past. So we have a good one that we're working on this year. We're working on the a new text adventure I think we're gonna do and another Lego build of Brad and me, I had a wild idea for on Genius a couple of days ago that me and Stephen are trying to see if we can make work. So, you know, th- we're still doing all those because it's July now, which is a wild thing. But yeah, that's where we are. There's a lot of stuff going on with the membership right now. And I kind of wanted to give people a little bit more background into what we're doing uh, and also to echo Casey's statement of thanks. Like, we're both doing this because COVID 19 and the business effects have made us all realize that being completely advertising supported is is a dangerous game to play yep um and can rely in a feeling of uncertainty and i think i can speak for pretty much everyone involved that's doing this stuff right now which is things have stabilized and it hasn't ended up being the armageddon that we were expecting it was going to be but we probably have another couple of years of uncertainty related to this when it comes to advertising supported businesses. And so I know what I wanted to do here, and I think I could probably speak for you too, is to have another stream of revenue that I feel like I have more control in because the control is I have to make a show that you feel good enough to pay for. That you that you want to pay for that you feel is worthy of that, I feel like I have more control over that than I do the many many dominoes that can fall to an ad budget decreasing. I completely agree with everything you said, and and yeah, it's been it's been extremely um, humbling and satisfying and wonderful to see some amount of revenue come in from from my membership program um, and and see it see it get to the point that it can it, it it it's noteworthy you know it's not just a couple of bucks a month it's it's noteworthy and that's really excellent and mm-hmm. i should reiterate i think i said this a few times but when i believe it was when i went independent we actually got a heck of an uptick on analog membership um which yep. really didn't fall off that much at all which i was extremely and remain extremely impressed and thankful for as well so um yeah and to go very quickly back to what we were saying about this potential watch along show um you know i i I don't dislike the idea that you've come up with by any means. I'm just concerned it won't be good. That's all. And, and, uh, someone, I think it might've been Kate in the chat said, you know, that we don't want the, the, the listeners don't want me to do something I don't want to do. It's not that I don't want to do it. I just want to make sure it's good. And, and we'll probably, like Mike said, we'll do one or two, see if we think it's good and then we'll take it from there. Um, but yeah, it, it, the show is excellent and talking to you, I'll, I'll talk to you about darn near anything. So I just want to make sure that it's enjoyable for the listeners too. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the Discord? You you wanted to ta- comment on that and perhaps clarify something from way long ago. Yeah, because I don't even remember when on this show, maybe somebody in the Discord can find this for me. But when we were first launching the membership program, one of the things that people asked was for a Slack or a Discord. And I was really hesitant of creating a closed community, right? 
Uh, I was very concerned about it. I didn't, I was worried about the responsibility involved in creating something like that um, and the potential risks that could be associated with owning and operating a, a something which includes the ability for people to talk to each other without necessarily us being involved. So like direct messaging and all that kind of stuff and all of the things that could go wrong there. Um, but as time has gone on, both Discord and Slack moved away from each other. So when we spoke back then, they were much closer in what their functionality was. And then Slack became the business tool. Discord became the community tool. And I started looking into this again because the the company that we use to be the back end for our membership stuff, Memberfall, had a uh, a plugin or like a, an app that works with Discord, which allows us to automatically add and remove members. So if you start paying, you get the ability to sign up. And if you stop your membership, then you get removed from the Discord, right? Which is like, that's... And that's, that's a similar thing of our feeds now, which we couldn't do before. Now, when you pay, you get access to the feed. When you stop paying, you don't get access to the feeds anymore. We didn't have that before the new membership stuff. It was just like you paid once. Even if you canceled it, you have the feed. It's yours. Um, and I think a lot of people didn't know <laughs> that, that the fact that they had stopped paying, right? People's cards expired or whatever, and they just kept getting the member content. So they thought it was fine. But now we have a, a different system, which is good which we need if we want to make this more of a reliable thing. But basically, one of the things that happened with Discord that I was the most turned around on is the moderation tools that they now have mean that I am comfortable to own and ho how, like being a part of this community that we've created. So we have a team of very wonderful moderators that we work with to help keep things on the up and up um we have a real and like these are people that really understand how these types of communities uh need to be run and they're helping teach me and steven a lot of the ways to do things uh and, it, and i honestly have been really happy with it so far we've had no notable issues um the the community that is there the the people that are there are really engaged and really active and there's lots of really great conversation uh and so it's it's i'm we're still learning a lot and it is like a evolving thing but we now have so much stuff in there which is great like our live shows are pipe, pipe right into the discord and that's now where the majority of the live stream conversation is and it's moved away from irc which i love because i didn't like irc it was a at this, you know, it is a system that I, I has absolutely no moderation ability to it, and we've run into issues. Or like in the sense, you can boot people out of the IRC, but they could just come back, yep. right? Like they can just set a new like fake account. And like we've had issues in the past with this stuff, and not good ways to solve them. But now, you know, the IRC exists, and if you listen to live shows, you continue to go there, and you can continue to talk there. I personally like being able to see people's names, seeing their avatars, and being able to have a much nicer experience, which I think is for everybody involved. And I'll tell you, our live stream listenership 
has gone up so much since the Discord began because there's also people that have become members who didn't really know anything about the live stuff, but now it's in the app, so they just tune in, mm, mm. right? And so all of that stuff's been really good. You know, it's still a thing where I feel like a lot of, of responsibility over and take it very seriously, but I no longer feel like I have to be nervous of something like that, which was definitely something that I felt in the past because I didn't really know how to do it and I didn't feel comfortable with the tools that were available. So now uh, I, I do feel more comfortable with it and I'm I'm genuinely really happy with where we've gotten to with it. Yeah, I think when you were talking about it in whatever year that was years ago, I echoed what you said a thousand percent, like not that it was up to me, but it made perfect sense. And you don't want to be the one that's ultimately responsible for somebody feeling hurt or or being abused even, or something like that. And so I, I think you are showing mm-hmm. the appropriate amount of deference to, to, to respect it. And I think you and Steven, in much the same way, you guys have set such an unbelievable example internal to Relay as to how to conduct business nicely and respectfully and, and fairly. But I think you also uh, were able to push that into the discord and by selecting moderators that I think are of a similar mind, um, mm-hmm. not, not the same mind you, but similar, you know, different enough to make it worthwhile and useful and good, but, but similar enough that we're, we and they all understand where we and they are coming from. Um, and I think that in much the same way people have, have given us, uh, some of their money as we were just discussing, the moderators in particular have given us an incredible amount of time, which is arguably even more precious than money. And, mm-hmm. and that is extremely kind of them as well. And even the, the, the run of the mill, regular non-moderator members, from what I can tell, and I'm not in the discord that much because it is a fire hose, but uh, from what I've yeah, seen, there's a, lot in there. there's a lot in there, which is excellent. That's not a complaint. It's, it's a lot, but um, I mean, we have multiple thousands of members, which is in, incredible in the discord, which is, not all uh it's not it's but it's a big percentage of the uh, overall membership base which i'm was hoping would be the case and it is the case so that's really good so i'm very pleased about that yeah and so the, the i think it's a testament to to you and steven to have set the example up front internally and externally but also a testament to the mods and administrators and so on that you have that you have set that example and they have carried it on so effectively. And, and I, I really deeply appreciate that. It seems like the rank and file membership understands what you two slash all of us hosts are going for slash all of us mods are going for. And for the most part, seems like everyone is just not being a jerk. And as unfortunate as it is on the internet, it seems like the default modus operandi is to be a jerk. And mm-hmm. it's very rare and delightful to see an organization, a community where being a jerk is not the default. And that is a really nice way of putting it. And it's one of the reasons that I really enjoy being there. I, I feel like I can actually have comfortable debate with people mm-hmm. in the discord. And that is a thing which I feel like is becoming harder and harder to do. Yeah. on the internet these mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. so like that's been something that i have greatly enjoyed because i feel like i'm able to actually have conversations with people and have discussion and debate with people that has been something which uh which i valued greatly 
Yeah, very much so. All right, why don't you tell me about something else that's awesome? All right, this episode is also brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. We all want to browse the internet without having to tell the entire world what we're doing. And we know about incognito windows, but even in incognito mode, your online activity could still be traced by your uh, internet service provider um, or by potentially some bad actors, depending on the internet that you're using, the connection that you're using. You need ExpressVPN if you want to make sure that what you're looking at online is just what you're looking at online. It's just that added level of privacy that you may be looking for. And ExpressVPN is an app that can do this for you or reroute your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet service provider can't see the sites that you visit. It's available on all your devices, your phones, your computers, or even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be trying it out. And I've used it on many devices. I've used it on my iPhone, my iPad, and on my Mac. And I found it really great. Everything stays super snappy, super fast. Very, very easy to use ExpressVPN. And that's one of my very favorite things about it. You can protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNN and Wired. Go to expressvpn.com analog and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com analog to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So we're in our third segment of follow-up now. So I'm not kidding. This is like, this is like is this an ATP? episode of ATP over here. <laughs> I, am, I am the John Syracuse of this podcast. I am the law. On the last episode, I pontificated about a podcast mentorship program that I was thinking about doing. And I since created a website. Um, I, on, the, on the episode, I requested that people email me. And then as the episode then went out, I had created a website, uh, the website I referenced to earlier on, on Squarespace I made here. Um, I love the design of it, by the way. It's just very orange, which I just thought <laughs> was fair. I can't even tell you why I wanted very orange, but I was very happy with just the sheer amount of orange on that webpage. And so basically I created this website that outlined um, the, the, what I was looking to do. I would like to thank, not publicly in case they don't want to be mentioned publicly, but there was a small selection of friends who I trust that really helped me create the language and make sure that I was thinking of things correctly when it came to putting the, the text together. Because I really wanted to... I really wanted to be able to express what I wanted to express and what I was trying to get across without it becoming a thing where it was like you didn't talk about this thing in this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I was covering my bases and, and expressing what I wanted to express without things getting lost, you know? So I was really help, really thankful for uh, the friends that helped me put this thing together. And I created a form which um, I've had quite a few responses to. I've had a bunch of applications now. Uh, I'm still going through them all. There's still a few more that I want to look into uh, a little bit more. Um, I've already had more people apply for this than I feel like that, that I actually think I can help than I will be able to, right? Because what I don't want to do with this is is work with too many people and then get overwhelmed and not be able to provide the right assistance to people that they're looking to be assisted by this program. So uh, this was also, a, in hindsight, a terrible time for me to do it because it then led straight into WWC and I had to kind of put this all on hold. <laughs> 
but I'm expecting sometime in July uh, I will be able to start getting this thing off the ground um, and hopefully be able to help some people um, work on their podcast projects. I was really surprised at the level of people that came forward for this and the sheer amount of diversity in that list. Oh, that's excellent. What it has made me realize more than ever is that I should be doing something like this because I am finding voices that are really intriguing that I think could be great voices in our community that I had never heard of. And I'm going to guess that most people that I know, like in my extended friend circle, have never come into contact with these people. Mm-hmm. And that is the exact reason yeah. that this thing should exist to expand that circle. And so I, I, I haven't, fleshed out everything but i've been going through a bunch of stuff of like what i can provide and what i think i'm going to be able to do and how i'm going to be able to try and use my platform to share the stories of these people but yeah uh, i i guess i'll this probably feels like a good venue to keep following up on this project but the plan right now is over the next few weeks finalize the group of people that i want to contact and say like hey do you want to do this right like do you, are you still interested in doing this mm-hmm. This is what I'm thinking. Uh, And then I guess also going back through and and contacting other people. And really, it's like, by and large, the amount of people that I will have to contact to say, I'm sorry, but not right now, are people that I will also want to say, but can I keep your email address for the next wave of this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's like, you know, certain people, basically one of the things that I asked for and I was told to ask for by a good friend, was ask people to tell you what they need and want. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because then you'll know if you can help them. That's that's very... I, it seems so obvious in retrospect, but that's so smart. Yep. And it also helped me highlight people that I know I can't help. Mm-hmm. Because the where they're coming from is not the right place. Like, so without going into specifics people saying to me like i want to start a podcast to become a full-time podcaster i can't help you do that right like i wouldn't want to bring you if your if your goal here is to immediately like you want to go from zero to full-time podcaster like <laughs> i don't feel comfortable or confident that my assistance can guarantee you that life sure because it took me 6 years <laughs> to do that <laughs> Right. And so, and also, like, if you look at the Relay FM crew, it's a very slim amount of us that make our living from this, right? Like, people have their living split in multiple areas. Like, even you, like, you, you have a Relay FM show, but Relay FM does not pay for your mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. have multiple projects and multiple co- podcast projects. So, like, you know, th- that is just like an area that I don't feel like I can assist people in, in achieving what I feel like I can help assist people in is I have this project and I want to get it out there or I have this project, but I'm struggling with this production element. And that kind of stuff I feel like is much, is, is way more within my remit of what I like. Look, I genuinely hope that there are multiple people that I'm able to assist over time that can end up making a good living doing this. 
right? Like that would be my dream here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have definitely worked with people who in the past, and that has become their path, right? Where like I have been able to be some kind of assistance to people and now their career is in this industry. I will not take credit for these people's work, but I'll say that I was at least a part of helping in their story, right? In the same way that there are many people that have helped me in my story, right? Where like no one would take credit for me being where I am, but there are lots of people that along the way that know they had a helping hand in it. And I want to be a helping hand for other people, for more people. And that's what I feel like I can do. But I, but if if you want to come towards me and say like, I want to work with you so I can be financially independent from podcasting. It's like, that's too much of a stretch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. For, for this program, I feel who knows where it might go in the future, but I just don't feel confident in that right now. So, but the good thing is I've maybe had one person say that or even something close to that. And I had tens of responses, way more than I thought I was going to get. Honestly, I thought I'd get like four people. So I have been like, (laughs) You know, like now I am in the paralysis of choice like thing of yeah, looking yeah, at all yeah. these people and be like, there's more people here than I feel like I can work with. Because um, I really feel like to start this off, I, because I, there will be an element of of kind of in the darkness about this. And I will say that I've had a lot of people reach out who have been who have offered other assistance, you know, where they're like, I think I can help you with this. And, and I'm also collecting up that stuff as well right um and then as as needs would meet i'm gonna bring people in i'm also gonna guilt all of my friends into uh helping me out here yep um from time to time where where needs must with this so Mm -hmm. my body's ready so yeah that's kind of where that exactly i mean that's kind of where i am with it right now and uh, i'm really hoping i'm actually setting a goal for myself that like by the end of july the 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 first group of people will have been contacted and we should all be in communication. That's, that's what I want to be able to do. That's awesome. You know, um, I don't want to put you on the spot, uh, but I don't think it would be unreasonable if, if some of these participants end up having their own shows that are made public and published and so on. I don't think it would be unreasonable to feature little snippets of, um, of these shows on, on this very program. If you think it's appropriate on that line again like this is permitting that people would want this the website that i have created which by the way is podcastmentorship.net that will i'm also wanting to create multiple pages on that site to be like these are the current uh mentees Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these are their projects right so like to create bios of the people so people can find out about them and we can publish their shows there right like not publish the shows but like Here's a link yeah, to the show. What Here's what the show is. Here's some audio, you know, and, and create that as like a gallery as such of, of these individuals so they can be publicly known. But yeah, like I will want to be able to, to share what they're up to and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. And as Sam is pointing out in the discord, the website is aggressively orange and it's aggressively <laughs> orange by choice. Like the choice was, aggressively orange that's what i wanted to do my web design uh tendencies are troubling to most people (laughs) Uh, i have always done stuff like this um i choose incredibly bright colors and so the relay fm website i have nothing to do with the design 
Uh, I was involved in the process, uh, but visually, I didn't contribute towards its look. Um, my most of my contributions would have been in functionality rather than design. Uh, that was Stephen and Simon mostly who put together the design of the website and how it looks. All of my contributions were in like, what if we did this? And like yep, from yep, a yep. functionality perspective, but not from a design perspective. Uh, and as Molly's in the Discord also puts it, it kind of is, and I would agree, like brutalist web design, um, where I am purposefully creating things that are troubling to <laughs> look at, but that's just my tendency for web design. Because like I can't do a good job. I know this. Like I don't have a good like eye for creating things that are visually attractive. So I just purposefully make complex decisions. <laughs> And uh, the aggressive orange of podcastmentorship.net is uh, is definitely a part of that. Also, like on the Who Am I page, my bio page, the image of me is way larger than it should be. <laughs> That's just what I wanted to do. I know that people would tell me it shouldn't be that large, but it's like, well, that's what I want. <laughs> so. So that's where I am with that. Yep. I, I think this is excellent. And as I think I've said to you before, you know, in whatever way it's appropriate and useful for me to participate, I am ready to do so. Um, I really think that this is a great, great, great project. And the Studio Neat boys have been doing something similar. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Studio Neat uh, also created a mentorship program for helping people do what they do, product mm -hmm. design. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that too. Um, and... I will say it because they've said it like it, they were encouraged by my I, my kind of idea mm -hmm. and it made them realize, hey, we can do this as well. So um, they've done it, which I think is fantastic because those two do know, really know what they're talking about. Yep, very much so. That's excellent. Well, I, I'm super glad to hear that people are actually taking you up on the offer. And, you know, the fact that you have too many, I think, is an excellent, excellent problem to have. So mm -hmm. I am super excited about it. Um, you know what else I'm super excited about? You know what I'm going to be doing Sunday? Next Sunday. Next Sunday? Not this Sunday. Why would I say that? It would be next Sunday, of course. Mm -hmm. I'll be watching. Formula One. I'll be watching the first step one race. Formula One. It's back, baby. Mm -hmm. The, the season, the 2020 season is beginning and it's going to be only in Europe and they're doing weird stuff like uh, they're doing, it starts with the Austrian Grand Prix on July 12th uh, and then like I think sometime in August they're Wait, doing no, no, no. two it's this British. Weekend. You're, you're lying to me, aren't you? I think it's this weekend. There's round one and then round two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, see, yeah, I'm not yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I had it in my calendar wrong. That's fine, that's uh, fine. It's be and this is how it gets confusing, because there's two Austrian yep. Grand Prix, one week yeah. apart, which they, you know, this isn't what they do. Um, so they're doing this stuff without uh, audiences, and, and the, you know, the, the I think it's the FIA, they're like, they're trying to like look at the way to do things safely. I mean, hopefully things will go well. I mean, if you will cast your mind back, uh, Formula One was one of the first sports that stopped because people contracted COVID. So, like, it was the day before the Australia, day or two before the Australian Grand Prix, it was happening, and then people got sick, and then they immediately stopped and they 
closed the whole thing down. Uh, and now they're bringing it back. They're bringing it back without audiences in attendance. They're bringing it back with limited personnel and all that kind of stuff. I think they're probably doing a lot of like living in bubble type situations. Um, but my hope is like other sports, like they will be able to do it right and they will be able to do it safely. And I really hope so because I want to watch it. I really want to watch it. This is going to be our first year and it was meant to start months ago. And uh, yeah, it starts this weekend with the Austrian Grand Prix. You know, we are not going to do this because neither of us is equipped for it. And one of us has learned his lesson from doing car related podcasts. But one thing we could do or we, we could consider and then not do is doing an F1 recap. But we can't do it all. We're not, we're not recording often enough. Yeah, we don't record often enough to do it about every race. But that would be fun, though. By the next time we record, we will have seen a couple of races. So we can at least I mean, I can at least and will want to reflect on my first F1 races because like, I am very aware of the fact that I might find it really boring and realize that <laughs> what I actually like is the Drive to Survive documentary, right, right, but right, right. F1 on a weekly basis is not what I want. So we'll see how we go. But I'm really excited that it's coming back. Um, and it will. I think when this episode goes out, the first race will be underway. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. That's wild. Uh, remind me for the 954th time, who is or are your drivers? Slash teams. Oh, you see, it's it's changed so much because all the drivers have moved. I know, right? Around, right? Um, let me think. Who am I? Who am I into this season? So, I really like. Uh, I want to get. I want to get a full racer list here. So, if you go, if you search for twenty twenty F one on Wikipedia, it's like the very first section after the introduction. They have a nice chart right there. Let me see. We'll put a link in the show notes to it, and uh, we'll put it in the chat momentarily. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I saw the teams there, and I missed that it had the, everybody's names as well. All right, so personally, um, I'm intrigued about George Russell at Williams because mm -hmm. he's a British racer and is a young British racer. Is he the one that's, like, super young, right? Yeah, 22. They're all super young now. That was, like, one of the things that happened a couple of years ago, right, is everyone became super young. I am also a fan of Alexander Albon, who is racing for Red Bull right now. He just seems like a nice kid. He seems like a very, very, very nice and kind kid. And he is he is my my favorite of the second tier. Like I have my pair that are my favorites. And then my next favorite is Albon. I really enjoyed him on the most recent uh, Draft to Survive. Mm -hmm. uh, Lando and Carlos at McLaren. Um, mm -hmm. big, big into Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz, which was why McLaren was probably going to be my team to watch this year. But now it's like all been turned up in the air because, uh, Sainz is going to Ferrari, right? That's where he's off to now. You know, I haven't kept up. Is that the case? Yes. Oh, wow. Carlos Sainz is going to be racing for Ferrari because, um, Oh, Vettel got the boot, right? Vettel is, I don't know if it was the it's difficult, like, if he's getting the boot or not. But in 2021, he'll be racing for Ferrari, which makes me even more excited about Carlos Sainz, right? Because we were talking about him. I liked that kid, that guy. I thought he was seemed like a really nice guy. I liked his story. And then he came back and now is taking one of the most coveted seats in all of F1, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, mm -hmm. I like Lando because he's British. I like McLaren because they're British. And uh, I'm into Carlos Sainz big time. So, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how he performs in this reduced season going into uh, 
going into the 2021 season he's going to be racing for Ferrari where he will be joining Charles Leclerc who is also someone that I, I really like yeah I I don't want to like Leclerc and I can't tell you why but I actually do like Leclerc <laughs> something about him just kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way but I actually do like him but the person I want to win the season is Lewis Hamilton yeah, come on yeah how many championships does the man really need enough that he's the best of all time is it, well, I guess, so where is he in relation to Schumacher? Does he still not have as many as Schumacher? I think he's one behind equaling hmm. hit like the overall. And so that would make him two behind the best of all time is my understanding. Yeah. So if he wins this year, he will match Schumacher. Then he just has to win one more and he will beat Schumacher and yeah. be the best of all time, which I want him to achieve for so many reasons. Because I will say recently... Like I have been, you know, like I've been following them all and I had always kind of been under the assumption that Hamilton was probably like a super arrogant guy because he is the best, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been mm -hmm. the best for so long. And there may be an element of that to him, whatever, but especially during uh, the Black Lives Matter protests, I have been so impressed by the way he has stepped up. And I saw one thing, I think it was a couple of weekends ago, he was he posted on his Instagram that he was at a protest. Hmm. And it made me realize in that moment that he is potentially on the course this year to kind of start to solidify himself without a question of a doubt that he's the best of all time at this, right? Mm -hmm. That's where he's moving towards. Because he will be in a position to equal in championship titles, right? Overall championships with Schumacher, as he was mentioning. But just a couple of weeks ago, he was out protesting in London, mm -hmm. putting himself at risk for being able to be in the races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if he contracted COVID, they're not going to let him there. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, he decided protesting was more was important, more important mm -hmm. to him and that really meant something to me to yeah. see that and it i'd already started to respect him a lot more anyway he he did a great um netflix show uh well he was in in an interview on on Letterman. um letterman's yes that show was very very good and it was really cool to see him being in Drive to Survive really changed my view of him as well because I I think he came off so well in that show um, and really seemed like a team player even though the entire team is basically built around him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like the way that, that like Mercedes is, is uh, kind of built is effectively he's at the top and then everything else, right? It's like a pyramid, <laughs> right? Sure. But he feels like it, it's like a team to him. And that was really interesting to me yeah. to see. But especially seeing stuff like that was, it was really surprising to me because it kind of made me realize that he believes in this stuff over himself. And I don't know, it just felt like a thing that he didn't have to do. He could have continued to use his platform. Which would, because, you know, he was in disguise at the protest as he would want to be because. Don't make it about yourself, right? So like he had a face mask on and sunglasses on and a, and, a, and a hat on, right? And you see that in the pictures. 
and I just I, don't, I really looked up to him there. Yeah, I, I think that's that's completely fair, and and I didn't know that he was there, and, and that makes me think better of him as well. You know, I also I, I echo what you said about um, my next guest needs no introduction, which is the Letterman show, which actually in general is very very good. Um, I've seen several of those interviews, and they've been excellent, but. Uh, he was very, very humble, very reasonable on that show. Um, and I also, and I bring this up every time we talk about F1, but possibly the best 16 minutes and 19 seconds, uh, according to this particular YouTube video that I've ever seen with regard to F1 is Top Gear's Ayrton Senna tribute from years ago now. And we'll put a link in the show notes to it if you haven't seen it. But um, Hamilton took out Senna's Formula One car or one of Senna's Formula One cars and watching him do that and just lose his mind and, and turn into this like child in the best possible way it was really touching and really, really incredible. Um, for me, I've, uh, since the first drive to survive, I've loved Esteban Ocon. He just seems like the nicest guy in the entire world. Um, I get a lot of that from Albon as well, actually. Um, but Esteban just seems like such a humble, nice kid. Um, in the same way that Leclerc somehow rubs me a little bit wrong, even though I do like him, uh, and he's in Leclerc seems like a really nice guy. Even, I don't know where I get this like kind of eh, feeling from him. Um, Rick, Daniel Ricardo seems like he's kind of a jerk and yet I love him and I don't know why I do. Yeah. You uh, see me, I think me and you, uh, differ a little bit on Ricardo. Like he is a, he seems like an interesting driver, but I think he rubs me up the wrong way a little bit. And, and I feel like he should rub me the wrong way. And yet somehow I end up liking him in the same way that Leclerc should be like my kind of guy. And for some reason, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Um, so for me, that means because Ricardo and Ocon are on Renault together. So um, Renault is going to be my team for this year. Of course, I have to pay a little bit of attention to Haas, but like, I really don't <laughs> like Grosjean at all. Just, well, yeah, you go watch him crash into everybody. That's the... Yeah, exactly. Uh, I you know, the fact that Crosstown crashes into everyone, like in and of itself, that's fine, I suppose. But it's always somebody else's fault, which really, really annoys me. Um, and Magnuson, like whatever, he's fine. Uh, but mm-hmm. so for me, it's Ricardo and Ocon on Renault. And then, uh, like I said earlier, I very much agree with you about Albon. Uh, and Verstappen, I like just fine. But Albon, I quite like. So those are my three. Yeah, so I think my team this year will be McLaren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I want Hamilton to pick everything up, which, so that's kind of the thing of like, I think that's kind of how it works, where like you can assume that the teams that won't be at the top will be McLaren and Ferrari. So you end up picking like your team to be third, right? That's the rest. (laughs) And then you can pick one of those four as who you want to win all the races (laughs) because that's kind of how it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we should also mention, uh, Tony in the chat brings up that, uh, Mercedes just released their new livery and it's very black lives matter, which is super awesome. I thought it looked really great. Yep. They went all black, which is really nice. I, I thought that was really, really good. So I guess we can just, since we're running really long, we can just call that our recommendation for this week or this month is to watch F1 and see what you think about it. Because I think no matter what, as you had said earlier, Mike, no matter what, let's discuss like your first couple of F1 races. I, I watched a couple, maybe a handful last year. And I definitely enjoyed it, um, but I didn't like sit there, you know, eyes wide open, watching every second of every lap. I'm curious to see what you think of it, and then maybe we can save um, the recommendations we had previously come up with for for next month. Mm-hmm. 